back to the breath again and yet again, resting gently as if the awareness and the breath are just a whisper apart. Make the breath your home. Hey everyone, it's Ra going back with Ramdas here and now. Can you believe there's over 200 episodes? And can you believe Be Here Now Network is six years old and we're doing a whole bunch of uh, different cool things to celebrate and also try and get a little bit of support for the network. There's a, a, a raffle. I think it's a raffle. It's a something where you get a chance to get a couple of uh, free registrations at the Maui Retreat, November 30th to December 5th. That just opened up. So, uh, yeah, take a look at BeHereNowNetwork.com. Get on the mailing list and you'll you know, you'll hear all about it. Uh, also, another great thing that's going on is the Ramdas Fellowships. These are virtual meetups. Uh, we do them mostly on a monthly basis, Jackie Dobrinska. And uh, this, uh, what, we, what we've started to do is, like, you listen to this particular podcast, this talk from Ramdas, and then we get together and talk about it. And next time that happens is July 19th, shortly after this is aired, at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific. And you just go up and sign up to the General Fellowship Group at ramdas.org slash fellowship. And you'll get all the info there. So last but not least, there's a wonderful new book coming out, Whisper of the Heart. That is stories put together by Parvati Marcus. This is stories of people's experiences with Neem Karoli Baba after he left the body in September 1973. Through all, some just he manifests the physical body, which I was told by Sidima that could never happen to people who already saw him in that body. You would freak out, she said. Uh, but for people who never saw him in that body, he does make appearances also, of course, through dreams, through a Krishnadas uh, chant, through a book, through a teacher, through a satsang, just being in satsang. Here, here it is. Whisper in the heart, the ongoing presence of Neem Karoli Baba. So there you go. Go to ramdas.org. Uh, slash shop, I believe. And and please do help us out by pre-ordering it. Uh, that'll allow Amazon, for instance, to take in a lot more books and have a lot more presence in other stores, uh, Barnes & Noble and all that. Thank you for listening to our messages, everyone. This is called Components of Meditation, this Ramdas episode. 204. And it's from 1991 in Los, in Los Angeles. And uh, look, the bottom line is how often do we all talk about every podcaster, every teacher that's on Be Here Now Network is always talking about we it, simply practice. We must practice, which is anti-ethical to practice. Saying you must practice is... Bullshit. Uh, but 
there is a, um, as Buddha called it, the middle path, where you are got your intention together because it, life is really pretty miserable without having a connection to that which is behind the story you tell yourself and the belief you have in your thoughts. So you do it out of that space, which is not just for you, but it's for everybody. Because obviously if we're not connected to that place behind all of our stories, then it's very difficult to emanate anything but separation, polarization, and fear. Because that's endemic to feeling like there is not a connection with everything that breathes, which of course there is. So this is uh, Ramdas at his best uh, giving teachings uh, around meditation, and it, and one of the most interesting things here, how you know, of course, he puts things so wonderfully, so beautifully, uh, and he talks about awareness and how meditation. Uh, so what happens is you get identified with a thought that passes through, right, as you're sitting. And you ha so you have an awareness of that identification with it, and it keeps getting identified with that thought. I am that, I yelled at my kid today, and that's who I am, I'm a, you know, and start to self-judge, and, and so on and so forth. So you're, you're being ripped from thought to thought on that basis, so one of the aspects he says of meditation is a technique. It is a technique for extracting the awareness from identification with the thought. That alone, that, that's something one could sit and uh, that would be a good thing. Well, the fellowship maybe we'll be talking about. What does that mean for you? The awareness from identification with the thought. And it's that clinging and believing that happens when we follow our thoughts and we have our awareness is identified with the thought it is not identified with that which is behind it all so just a fantastic uh, uh, fantastic ramdas <laughs> you know getting us and and that's for people i'm going to say getting us situated with a practice that uh, if we can do it without uh, the kind of goal-oriented stuff that we do in the West, at least that it doesn't take us over, it, it, it can be very effective, it's particularly the meditation he's talking about here, which is around uh, breath, just following breath and one-pointedness and just very, very basic stuff. But that basic stuff is with us for the rest of our life. One other interesting thing here, uh, he talks about like when you're sitting and something happens, you start to feel a sensation as pain, strong, strong stimulus, and uh, how how to just be with it. And you focus uh, on that as the primary object instead of the breath. So he, of course, has had tons of experience with with this uh, through the, uh, results of having that stroke because all kinds of ancillary and, uh, stuff that was propelled by the stroke really grabbed his attention. I mean, mostly he would like, we'd be on the phone. How are you doing? Oh, everything's just absolutely divine. He'd say not quite like that, but like that. 
And I'd say, well, wait a minute. I know kind of what's going on with your health, and it can't be that divine. And he'd laugh, and then he'd start giving me the litany of what was wrong and how it was affecting him in terms of pain, in terms of being able to uh, not be identified with it, as we just uh, talked. And uh, I, at the end of that, I was like, oh, God, how does he surrender into this? I mean, he was obviously very advanced being. But still, it's, it's a lesson for all of us, and uh, uh, his ability to transcend that was extraordinary, extraordinary. So one of, one of the things, this is just a great talk that gives the basics of being able to help everybody out there who wants to change their perspective out of that, uh, from the awareness of, of clinging to the awareness that which is beyond clinging. This is terrific. So one thing that Ramdas, um, you know, he was very involved with death and dying and set up many different kinds of programs and so on and work with people like uh, Dale Borglum, Ramdev, who is part of uh, what we do, and also uh, Stephen Levine. Stephen uh, died a number of years ago and he and Ramdas did a lot of work together with Dale, uh, with Ramdev as well. He was a poet, and I just found this. And in light of what we're talking about meditation, I just thought, I've got to share this. It, 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 Stephen was just extraordinary. Um, it's called The Light Has Been Left On For Us. I watch my thoughts, my actions... And find it hard to believe that's me? I hear my words and wonder who is speaking and who does he think he is? I am the imaginary hero of my hopes, lost between verbs that, I, that require I know who I am, but I am just a passing thought. Yet somehow, somehow, as close to a miracle as we get, the nature of the heart, the Beloved has left the light on for us all night. As close to a miracle as we can get. I, I'm just a passing thought, yet somehow as close to a miracle as we can get. The nature of the heart, the Beloved has left the light on for all night. For us all night. I just love that. Yeah, Stephen Levine. Well, uh, our show notes, guys, uh, will absolutely get on with uh, giving us a link to Stephen's poetry book. It's just phenomenal. Okay, here it is. This is Ramdas here and now, and the components of meditation. And we shall see you next time on Be Here Now Network. Uh, this is, uh, there are a number of components to meditation. Um, as you begin to understand more clearly the way in which um, the mind, the thinking mind, keeps trapping the awareness, um, more and more you yearn to draw your awareness draw awareness 
back from thought. Because the thoughts are like a river of thoughts coming forth and each one saying, think me, think me, I'm real. And you'll find you just have continuous, like you wake up in the morning and it starts just immediately, you know, like, oh, I got to get up. Oh, I wish I could have a cup of coffee. I got to go to the toilet. Oh, I didn't do my laundry. I could sleep 10 more minutes. Oh, the bed's warm. Oh, I forgot to call stones. Oh, God. Does my back still hurt today? And on it goes. And your mind just starts this. It's like a trip hammer. And it goes all day long, just thought, 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 thought. And then you fall exhausted into bed, fall into a deep sleep, and then come back. And it starts all over again. And you think that's life. But it's all because we haven't learned how to draw awareness back from thought. And you don't stop thought. Thought keeps going. It's just a river of stuff. It's just, it's really electrical, chemical blips working in associative, causal relationships. It's just old karma running off. But the awareness keeps getting identified with it, and you're constantly being ripped from thought to thought, from emotion to emotion, from planning, remembering, stuff like that. So once you see your predicament, you start to understand that um, meditation isn't some big holy thing. It's merely a technique for extricating the awareness from identification with the thought is one of the aspects of meditation. And to do that, you can either um, just watch the thoughts coming and going, or you can pick one thought or one sensation or one set of sensations and use those as sort of a, uh, a leverage or a center what's what I said yesterday, a primary object of meditation, using that and cultivating what's called concentration. That is learning how to keep the awareness with one thought. In the process of doing that, all the other thoughts that come up, you keep practicing letting them go and bringing the awareness back to the primary object. And as I said yesterday, it's like the center of a flower is the primary object and then the mind keeps going out into thought and you bring it back and it goes out and you bring it back and it goes out and you bring it back and it happens thousands of times, thousands. But once you realize the possibility that you could arrive at a state where the awareness is just staying with that one thought and as now you've got to realize what the nature of these thoughts are that bring that take your awareness out into them. Like the thought, my knee hurts. Or the thought about a future. Or the thought, I. That's a thought. Even the thought, I. Or the thought, here I am meditating. Or the thought, this will never work. Or the thought, I'm hungry. Or the thought, you know, on and on and on. I mean, there's infinite varieties, and each thought is more seductive than the last. Each one says, I'm really real. You know, like you're sitting and you are just sitting down to meditate, and you start to meditate, and 
the thought, I'm really hungry. Maybe before I meditate, I should just go to the kitchen and get something to eat. See? Now, if the thought, if you buy the thought, then it starts a whole sequence of acts. You get up, you go to the kitchen, you eat, you come back, you sit down, and then you start, and then I gotta go to the bathroom. <laughs> If I just go to the bathroom, then I can come back and eat, meditating. And we're going to teach walking meditation this afternoon, so that in case you do have to go to the refrigerator, <laughs> <laughs> you can meditate on your way. <laughs> um, so what the practice is, is learning how not to be seduced by every thought that comes along. I mean, I've done intensive practices over the past 20 years, and... I, I know how good you can get, the ego can get. I know how good the mind can get. And I can sit and I can look like I am meditating. I can look so holy. And I've, I've sometimes sat and had through a retreat and had like a seven-hour sexual fantasy <laughs> that was just so fascinating that every time I think I should be meditating, I think, screw that, I'm going to stay with this fantasy. <laughs> And I would go into every tiny detail and the sensation and the that, and all the time I'm sitting there like this. Who am I fooling? I mean, the whole thing is bizarre. And I have to sit with that quality in myself, and then slowly I get, I mean, all of it is finite, and you get bored with it all, and you keep coming back and coming back. Now, the primary object that um, I work with is the breath. You can work with many primary objects. You could work with a candle flame or the point in your third eye or anything, a sound, anything, but I work with the breath. The, the nature of the breath is um, it's something so connected to the qualities of nature in a way. I mean, it's so, um, it's just there and you don't have to hold B. So you can't lose it like spiritual materialism. I mean, the breath's just around. You can always go into your breath. Now, um, there are different schools of how you attend to the breath. There are the end of the nose school and there's the abdomen school. <clears throat> and uh, often they don't talk to each other. Uh, <laughs> uh, and uh, I really honor all the schools and I've used all of them and they all work. Uh, the end of the nose school is where you focus on the breath right inside the tip of the nose and you notice the air going by the breath and as it goes in you notice the breath going in that little feeling of air going in and as it goes out you notice it going out you don't follow it in or follow it out you just stay right at that edge like a gatekeeper watching people go in and out and with the in you can recite to yourself breathing in quietly and with the out breath breathing out Make sure you realize that the experience, the thing you're focusing on is not the words, but the direct experience. The other possibility is to focus on the abdomen where there is a muscle that you will note rises and falls with each breath. It's a very delicate little muscle and you can experience it rising and then falling, rising and then falling. Now, uh, both of them will work, and what uh, just feel your way into them and then choose one and work with it for this session. Okay? So find a way to be quiet and comfortable as you can be.
and then take a few intentional deep breaths and then let it go back into a natural rhythm of breathing and then bring your awareness either to the breath at the tip of the nose or the breath in the abdomen. Let the awareness rest and ride with the breath as if you were surfing and you were riding a wave. Just stay intimately connected with the breathing in, breathing out, or the rising and the falling of the breath. Each time a thought or a sensation arises, Notice it, and then, in a gentle way, return the awareness to the breath.
there is an art of staying with strong attention to the breath and still staying relaxed. Don't become tense around it. But yet, watch with precision the breath, the beginning of the breath, the middle, the end, the space between the out-breath and the in-breath, the beginning, the middle, the end, the space between the in-breath and the out-breath. Study it as you would study a very delicate flower or something very tiny and very beautiful. Just stay very intimately connected with it, with awareness. Thoughts, sensations will arise, capture your awareness for a moment, pass away. Every time you notice that the mind has wandered, don't get upset with yourself, just notice it and return once again to the breath.
Notice the qualities of the breath, either at the tip of the nose or at the abdomen. Does it feel warm or cool? Hard or soft? Liquid or solid? Does it have a direction to it, a size? If a sensation such as a pain or strong stimulus arises in the body, notice it, be with it for a moment, and then return to the primary object. If the pain or the stimulus is very insistent, then for a while make that your primary object instead of the breath and just be with the strong stimulus or pain and notice it and study it and be close to it. And then later, if it subsides, return once again to the breath. Always returning to the breath again and again. Breathing in, breathing out, or rising, falling.
you experience tension or struggle or fatigue, note them as just more stimuli that have arisen, phenomena that come and go, and bring the awareness back with precision to the breath itself. Back to the breath again and yet again, resting gently as if the awareness and the breath are just a whisper apart. Make the breath your home.
in the three remaining minutes of this meditation, with renewed attention, stay with the breath, gently, not harshly. This podcast is brought to you by the Love Serve Remember Foundation and Ramdas.org. We appreciate you listening and we appreciate all the support that you've given us. Please continue that support and donate at Ramdas.org. We can then continue to share what Ramdas has been sharing for all of these years. Thank you.